Finalize earnings test and 59 and a half all on today's Fednababble. Welcome to today's Federal Babble, where we make federal retirement benefits understandable for humans in under 20 minutes. I'm Cassie Knight. And I am Kevin Jones, and we take your questions uh, submitted on fednababble.com or from workshops, and we answer them. We're not going to get into the heavy techno jargon of federal benefits. We're just going to say it simply and make it so that you can understand. All right, so let's jump in. Question number one, Cassie. Do they pay you back after they finalize? Now, when they, okay, so right on this one, they're talking about the pension, of course. They're talking about the pension and the interim payment. So when someone retires, let's let's go for a standard time right now of 12 months, one year, before they actually finalize everything. Yeah, it definitely takes opium a little while to get everything to process. Um, but because, then, oh, go ahead. Yeah, well, they get their information to HR, and then it goes to OPM. And so people want to make sure that they're submitting their information in enough time for HR to verify their information before it gets sent to OPM. Right. But okay. the catch here and, is, is that if you send it, to HR earlier, that doesn't mean it gets to OPM earlier because HR doesn't pass it on until they actually retire. Um, true. However, if they send it in, you know, 30 to 60 days, sometimes 90 days for certain agencies, then that can at least get them on the ball to it, do their yes. follow-up. Yes to get the information they need to have in order to be able to just send it to OPM once that retirement date happens. Right. Okay. So it does make work. it a little bit quicker because if they submit it, you know, two weeks before they retire, then that could delay the uh, time frame that OPM gets it. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So it can delay the whole processing of it. Um, it doesn't necessarily delay OPM. Yeah. You're absolutely correct. Yeah, and I'm glad you said that because I, in saying that, I didn't mean to send it in the day that you retire. I mean, worse, you know, <laughs> six months in advance might be good. You know, just try to get it in as early as you, I don't want to say as early as you can because you, 20 years is a little early. But get it yeah. in with plenty of time so that HR can do their due diligence and their stuff that they need mm -hmm. to do. Yeah. But exactly. then they're paid that they need to get an order from the original hire date and the original elections yep. and everything like that to verify like Fagley and FEHB um, requirements were met or not met. So once OPM has the paperwork, then OPM's going to do that same process, but in more detail, right? Mm -hmm. Because they have to verify if deposits or redeposits were made or not made give the employee the option to make those deposits or redeposits. Um, and then also verify any um, inconsistencies with service, right? Make sure that your SF50s are matching up with all of the other information. Um, you know, of course, verifying that FEHB and Fagley and, you know, divorce decree. There's some things that you could do pre-retirement to make sure that at retirement, 
and that doesn't delay the processing of a retirement application. But to answer this question simply, yes, o, uh, um, OPM will send the check retroactively from when a person retires. So when they retire, OPM then begins to give them around 40 to 60% of their pension amount so that they can live on. Now, mind you, this is only um, during an interim paycheck, only federal taxes are taken. Bagley FEHB will still be um, in effect and they, yep. an employee will still have coverage. However, they're not going to take those premiums until they finalize the application and begin the retroactive payment and they just take that lump sum premium that has accrued during that time from that payment. However, people need to think about when they retire, what is in order for OPM to do before that retirement work is um, processed and finalized because if somebody were to retire December 31st of 2019 and it takes a year for OPM to process their paperwork, um, then they could be receiving that retroactive payment and that full pension amount in 2021. Sure. And that created a huge tax problem and people don't necessarily think about that. So they really need to do what they can prior to retirement. And I say, you know, a year to six months prior to retirement, at least to make sure that at retirement, everything goes smoothly. Yeah. So let's line out kind of the timeline of this for everyone, if we can just to show what is expected or what they could expect. It's not going to be exactly this, but around. Right. Let's say a few months before you retire, you turn in paperwork. It gets HR processes it. When you retire, then they finally send it on to HR or sorry, OPM. O OPM takes about a year to figure everything out. During that time, they're giving the employee interim payment checks but as you said it's only 40 to 60 percent of that and so they hold back the other 40 to 60 percent to eventually someday pay for the fehb and the fegley and other things like that and then right. once it's done then they will get their full pension check plus any money that they held back above and beyond what they paid out for FEHB and Fegley, et cetera, they will give in a lump sum to the person once they have finalized and are doing everything. So a lot right. of moving pieces it's there. It's not just the pension too. It's a special retirement supplement if they're eligible as well. Right. Okay. And so they're not paying that out during the interim time. Okay. And so they don't receive the special retirement supplement until after that paperwork is finalized if they're eligible to receive that. So there's a lot of different things. Plus, state tax is not uh, something that's withheld there's from a pension automatically. Yeah. Right? The only thing held automatically from when you retire until your paperwork is finalized is federal taxes. And so um, people have to think about if I have federal vision and dental, if I have federal long-term care, if I need to pay state taxes, then I know you know, they're responsible for all of those on their own until after those things are finalized. And so if they're only receiving 40 to 60% of their pension amount um, and they have a mortgage and they have a car payment and all of these different expenses, 
you know, then people really need to have some savings in the bank or have some other buckets of money that they might be able to pull from in the meantime. Yeah, it's amazing if the people listening and watching this actually went through just the first year of retirement and that's it. If we only took that amount of time and then took the amount of money coming in, the amount of money taken out before you even get it, then the things that you have to pay for upfront, like the state taxes, or I mean not upfront, but you'll eventually have to pay for, and did right. all this out of pocket and where everything goes, it's really confusing, really confusing. And it's shocking how much money they thought they were going to get that they're not going to get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think people really think that once they separate from service, then, you know, their paperwork goes to OPM and it's maybe a month or two. Right. And that's simply not the case, um, especially if you have broken history, uh, broken service history or, you know, you've been divorced or any of these things where um, it can really get kind of muddy. And um, if you're not sending in the information, I mean, even if it is simple, say somebody went yep. to, you know, the post office and was a postal employee and has been a postal employee all their career. So they don't have any broken service. Um, you know, there wasn't any deposits or redeposits owed, or maybe they've already made them, right? And so they have all of that information in there. Um, they're married, they send in their marriage certificate, all of these different things, and it should be a clean, easy report or um, retirement application. If they do not have the retirement application filled in correctly and have not included the proper documents or included documents that were simply unnecessary, that can even delay the OPM processing mm -hmm. of their retirement application. Like this is a huge thing and we can get more into detail on yeah. that in another session because I don't want to take up all of our time here. But <laughs> I just want to stress the importance of uh, an employee doing their due diligence prior to retirement and just making sure that they have those things in order. And one of the ways to do that first off is knowing your numbers. Right. Yep. Get a benefits report, whether it's from us, whether it's from OPM. Obviously, I want you to get our report because it really lines out the information. Because it's that good. Beyond, beyond retirement. Yeah. And then um, not only get the get the um, numbers, but also figure out, OK, what is there federally? Right. And and personally that I have to do in order to make sure that all this goes smoothly and meeting with one of our trusted financial planners or, uh, you know, advisors really will help you be able to distill down what that needs to, what needs to happen prior to retirement, because they're giving you all of that information and yeah. making sure you're sending in the divorce decree as soon as possible and, you know, telling you where it needs to go and just really getting all of those detailed things done prior to retirement when they need to be done to make sure that you are not paying out more interest and are not having your um, retirement application delayed any further for OPM. Yeah. And having someone walk you through that process is invaluable. Mm -hmm. It's a lifesaver in many cases. So, okay, good boy. That's, and, and I love these questions. because We could just go on and on and on about these questions from thing to thing to thing. And it's all the same thing at the same time. I mean, it's it's so expansive and so complicated, but we're trying to make it very understandable, obviously. We're trying. I mean, right. I think that one of our things is to really just make sure that people understand that these things can be complex. 
Yeah. And it can help when you have another person on your side. And, you know, we want to encourage you to just make that decision to take action and have somebody else walk with you through that process to make sure nothing is missed. Amen. Absolutely. Good. Okay. Question number two, are social security benefits reduced if you have earnings after retirement? Then they give two different scenarios. What if those are salary earnings and what if those are business earnings income? So really what they're saying is if you're, if they want to continue to work and Mm -hmm. draw social security and they're Mm -hmm. thinking of two different ways of income, income from working and income from uh, salary earnings, business income earnings. Self-employment. Yeah. So there are different ways. And the answer to this is, are they reduced? It depends. Right? <laughs> right? Everything what just What depend depends. on, Kevin? Oh, it Can depends tell- on so many things. So really overall, it's the earnings test. Well, part of it is the earnings test, I'll say. And mm-hmm. if they're under their full retirement age of whatever that is on the chart. And you can Google that pretty easily if they're under that. And if they make less than about $18,000, then they can work and draw social security at the same time. But as soon as they start going over that $18,000, they're going to get hit for every $2 they make. Social security is going to take away $1 until about it's about $40,000 when they that they make that they don't get any that year. Right. And so people really need to think about, okay, am I between the ages of 62 and my full retirement age? Right? After the full retirement age, the earnings test does not apply any longer. Right. And so um, if they are going to be employed though, it doesn't matter whether you're an employee or whether you are self-employed. This is strictly based on earnings that you have coming in, your own earned income, okay? This is not your pension because you've right. already, uh, that's not something that's an earned income, you know, for tax reasons. Um, but any income that you have as an employee or as a business owner are going to be subject to the earnings test between the ages of 62 and your former retirement age. Right, and I do want to delineate here And this is where it gets tricky, and we highly suggest (laughs) that you meet with someone about this, like a tax professional, because if it is your own business, there's your salary that you get, Mm -hmm. but there's also interest from the company that could happen, depending on how the company is set up. If if you're an S, if you sorry, if you're a limited, well, I'll say if you're sole proprietorship, let's just say that if you're sole proprietorship everything's going to be taxed and it's all coming in. But if you are, for example, limited liability, taxed as an S corp, then you could have income coming in that is salary, but is not taxed at the same time. I, I mean, it, it get, I don't want to get too into it because I don't want to confuse, but yeah. there are ways We are not this. tax advisors. Right. We are not financial planners. We will not give advice. However, there are strategies that can it. be done on the tax side um, to be planned out properly to avoid or possibly delay how much of the income will be subject to the um, earnings right. test. And so strongly recommend meet with a tax professional or financial planner who can really help you dig down and figure out um, how to strategize that correctly. I think simply if if so, if so, everyone thinks if I'm a W-2 employee or if I'm uh, 1099, 
1099. Is that right? 1099. Yeah, 1099. Mm -hmm. Then it'll be against the earnings test. It, it'll have dollars against that. So that's an easy way to remember that. Okay. Number two, <laughs> we've got four minutes left. After 59 oh, and a half, can you get money, not a loan, correct? Now they're talking about TSP here, the 59 yeah. and a half rule and the difference between withdrawing money and taking out a loan instead. What do you think? Okay. Well, it depends. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> are they still in service or are they retired? Right? Because yeah. the rules are going to be a little bit different um, for loan options. <laughs> depending on that situation. And so if you are in service, then you have to determine, okay, do I want to pay tax twice on my money because I'm taking a loan or is it simply easier to make a withdrawal? When is my retirement date going to be? And what is going to be the best financial situation to meet my goals uh, once retirement happens? And so that's really hard to say if that is, you know, which is going to be uh, yes. the best situation. If somebody's separated or retired from a service, then you have to take a withdrawal, right? You um, can avoid penalties after 59 and a half. And even if you have separated or are retired from service, actually a little bit um, lower than that, depending on what type of employee you are, then you can make withdrawals, um, but you won't have the loan option. And so, you know, it really you know, depends it, it, on the situation. It really does. And it's not something to be taken lightly either. It's not something that can just, you can just say, oh, you know, I'm going to do this. I, I once um, was doing, when I was doing a workshop one time, we talked about the dangers of TSP loans. We're not going to mm -hmm. get into the dangers today, but there are serious dangers to loans, even though the, you know, the shortcut phrase is, you're paying yourself back and it's a great idea, but there are dangers there. So there was a lady who came up afterwards and she said, Kevin, thank you so much. I was about to take out a loan and make a huge mistake and I didn't even know it. So now instead I'm gonna go in and take out $50,000 as cash. And I said, whoa, sister, you probably just went from one big mistake to another without even realizing what you're doing. You you've got to meet with a, a specialist, a financial professional who understands federal benefits so that you can make the right decision because you're <laughs> one bad yeah. mistake to another and, and and think that both both decisions at that at those times were great decisions and they were probably horrible decisions for her yeah there are so many other ways if you need that income um you know or need an emergency um lump sum amount of money you know maybe the tsp isn't your best option Right. You know, and that's where it really boils down to, okay, where are my different buckets of money? What is the penalties and tax implications for these different buckets of money? And what does that look like? You yes. know, how do these affect my other benefits or how do they affect my financial plan that I have to really meet my, um, my goals in retirement? And so people need to definitely take a look at that and figure that out. Um, so if you want some help figuring out some of those numbers and getting one of our reports, please go to fednobabble.com. We'll be able to um, get you one of our, our reports and also get you to one of our trusted advisors. They'll be able to reach out to you and get the information needed to build that report. Um, it's really a, um, 
comprehensive report on all of your federal benefits and just breaks down, you know, your pension, special retirement supplement, um, deposit, redeposit information, um, and Fagley, FEHB, long-term care, all of that information. And then you can ask some other questions too, because obviously they don't just deal with the federal benefits, but they also deal with other things. And so they'll be in touch with you. Um, and also if you want to ask us a question that we can discuss on on air here, then go to federalbabble.com and fill out that information. And if we use your question, we'll send you a free Federal Babble t-shirt. So, Look at that. And I'll say that the report yeah. and that whole process thing is no cost, no obligation, no sales pitch, nothing like mm-hmm. that at all. Um, and also, if you would share this with your friends, share Fednababble, the on Facebook, YouTube, the podcast, all of it. If you would share that with them and uh, like it, subscribe and do all that good stuff. And until next time, we'll see you and be good and have a fabulous day.